Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode of the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Today, Shane and I are going to put a bow on spring football. I'm going to put the NHL playoffs in terms he can understand, and then we're going to dive into Succession and Barry. So if you haven't watched those two episodes, or this week's episodes, and don't want those spoiled, don't listen to the back half of this episode. Thank you to everyone who read our spring coverage throughout the month of April. We were the only publication at all Division One, Division One spring football games, and I was really happy with uh, the coverage we were able to produce. So, uh, thank you to all of our subscribers. And if you're not a subscriber, check us out i-5corridor.com. Let's get this thing started. Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I-5 Corridor Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Um, we got a fun episode coming up. We got a lot of NBA to talk. We got a lot of succession and Barry because no one else does that. Um, but first, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit of about the spring game, the spring. Uh, my co-host here uh, looks like you just got a barbecue. How did that go, my friend? Fantastic. I got one of those Blackstone uh, grills. So it's it's not really like a, a, a slotted grill. It's more of one of those just kind of huge, like you'd see almost at like a, in the back of like a burger place, just one of those big griddles that you can like scrape the grease off the edge and everything like that. Had a blast with it this whole weekend. I did what was, work. So what was, was nice the first, what was the first thing you cooked on it? Like first you go, cooked, you go burgers right away. Just uh, like, no, you know, I didn't actually, I, uh, I did chicken sandwiches. So I threw a bunch of chicken thighs mm. to a ton of seasoning threw those on, I uh, did some grilled onions with those and then kind of threw that all into some toasted buns with some sriracha, mayo, lettuce, tomato, you know, it's pretty tasty. What kind of marinade are we talking with uh, the thighs? Are you just going straight, straight in there? Um, you know, it was a little last minute, so I didn't really get to marinate them as much as I would have liked to, but I threw, um, you know, the pretty classic salt, pepper, garlic powder. And then I, I had it in the back of my, uh, kind of a spice cabinet, a bunch of like tequila lime seasoning. So I just assaulted mm-hmm. the thighs with that, uh, <laughs> got a nice kind of reddish color going on them, but they were, yeah, they're tasty. And it's, it's fun. Cause it was finally warm and I have this huge backyard. I hadn't been able to use much. But I got out there and I just had a blast grill and had some people over this weekend. And then last night I was going to just go cook some fried rice. I was like, you know what? I might as well do it on the grill. And so now it's like, I don't know if I'm going to use my stove anymore. End of April, May has quickly turned into by far maybe my favorite time of the year, just because you're getting the weather to change. It's an unreal sports calendar every night. Um on Friday night, um, one of my friends from hockey, Odie, they hosted us at their place uh, out on Woodstock and had an incredible taco spread. They went out on 82nd and bought some some authentic meats and we were growing up all night. And we had the uh, we had the the Kraken game six on on the outdoor TV. There was some NBA going on as well. It was about, you know, even at 10 p.m. or so, it was still hovering around like 60 degrees. It had been perfectly blue skies Beautiful. all day. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, we've really gone through the thick, the thicket here this uh, winter. This has been my, I think, my 10th winter here in Oregon. And this was, this was the worst one, I think, just between like there was a lot of rain. It was cold, not a whole lot of like blue sky days. Well, it's, it's funny you're talking past tense, but I'm, I, you know, look at the weather for the upcoming weekend. It's looking like four or five straight days of rain. So. But, but 
that's that's part of the bargain like you just have to give us like right. two for every four you know no you're right and you know what i'm going to start you you mentioned this is the kind of t- time of year where you start to get some sun this is a great sports calendar and i'm still like we talked about last week i'm still figuring out the whole freelance month among schedule and which months can be you know grind months and which months do i want to schedule certain things and i think if i'm doing this next year i want to block off this past week next year because i you know it got sunny on what tuesday or wednesday between I think Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So like the last four or five days, I was telling you, I've probably done about 14 hours of work total. And it's been fantastic. I've been just in the sun, you know, beers here, there. Pizza, this is, this is a great thing great. to lead with as people are listening to this into their cars, driving to work because they have real yeah. jobs. Yeah. Right. Real jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you watch the spring game? I, I, w- I went to the spring game. My store was up at uh, I-5 Cor- i5corridor.com if you haven't read it yet it's it's not the most serious spring game take um if you really want uh more analytical stuff on on who did what during the game um there's a lot of other people who did that but i i enjoyed myself in eugene on saturday yeah i didn't i didn't really i didn't watch any of it live i came back and watched like some condensed highlights which is even more than i expected to do and some things jumped out but at the end of the day like nothing really jumps out because it's spring ball, but it did look like Eugene was a pretty nice time. Dude. It was, that was as nice as I've, I've ever seen Austin stadium. Like it was probably 80 degrees, not a single cloud in the sky. There it was, was gorgeous just, there last year for the spring game. Wasn't it, 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 it was, but like, this just felt like it was, it was like a bump up from like 720p to like 1080p in terms mm. of just, just the mm. clarity of, of the overall day. Um, the crowd was lively. They said it was 45,000 people there. I don't know if that's the biggest spring game I've ever been to. And if it was 45,000, it would technically be the biggest spring game I've ever been to. So take that for what it's worth. But people just seem to be ready to have fun. And for the like first half of the game, there really wasn't a whole lot worth cheering for. Um, the, uh, well, that was what jumped at me on rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was basically it was up until like the last couple couple series of the first half before any like legitimate offense or there were a fair amount of almost big plays that happened where like a receiver either dropped the ball at the very end or it got jostled away. I, I thought both quarterbacks had made some better throws than they were getting results for. But mm-hmm. as far as major takeaways, I Bonix is good. I think I think Ty Thompson might be manageable. It, it does. Con- he, he it, 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 yeah, like especially in the second half as he warmed up, it, it does concern me that he started so slow. And I just think that I think momentum's a thing. And it just seems like when he's been put into situations where he's had to, um, you know, come in for bow or mop up or whatever, it just. I would I would just like to see him come out and get a couple positive reps in a row right, right. away and, and be able to well, move there's, off of there's that. Something, there's something to that, and I don't want to stray too far from the spring game here, but I remember um, I know, which game was it now? The, during the Chiefs Super Bowl run, the, it was the first playoff game. I can't believe I can't remember who the opponent was, but they had uh, Chad Hadney come in, and the first thing they did, and granted it's Andy Reid, but they had him just throw the ball and give him that confidence to then go lead this big drive. And he didn't end up doing too much, but that's like the opposite because when they bring Ty Thompson last year, it's like, okay, he's going to throw it behind the sticks or he's going to hand the ball off. And somehow he it just even doing that didn't look good. But then when they let him rip it in the spring game, like he had some of the best passes of the day. 
It was fascinating seeing the Marcus Mariota contingent at the game uh, because part of his, I mean, him and him and Jeff Lockie, who were his backup, who was his backup for two years and, and then backed up Vernon Adams in 15, uh, they were really good friends and they've continued that friendship through college. And Lockie was at the game as kind of part of Mariota's group uh, on Saturday. And I just, I see a lot of parallels there because it was always, whenever Lockie got into a game during the Marcus era, they was always just, here comes the human victory cigar. Mm-hmm. And, and he never had to do anything. It was always just, it was, it was just handoffs. It was run out the clock. It was never, Hey Jeff, go out there and throw the ball and, and get some reps and have fun. And so when he eventually did get playing time in 15, um, when Vernon Adams got hurt, I just think it, I just think that everything comes really fast for these guys and, and being able to get some of that, that playing time definitely does help. Real quick from me, rapid fire, just from watching in the capacity I watched. Again, not that any of this means anything, probably. Um, Tyshim Johnson, number zero on the yellow team, the new safety they got, he just seemed like he was kind of everywhere. Um, it's it's always interesting every spring, like even if you really know the roster, the new numbers, the new guys, it's like it's harder than ever to know what's happening. And like I had to remind myself because I, I had forgotten he was number zero. I had to remind myself because he was just everywhere. Um, and actually, weirdly, a guy who probably won't play at all this year, Bryce uh, Botcher, number 46. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He plays baseball, too. Just blowing things up out of nowhere. I don't know where that guy came from. Um, then all of a sudden, he's the big, biggest story, of the, or, or one of the it, bigger stories of the Saturday, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, Tez Johnson looks fast. Yep. John Holden looks like a dog. Uh, he'll be a good possession guy for them, I think. Um, maybe the type of running, uh, running the type of routes that maybe they didn't always have guys excelling in last year, if that makes sense. Um, Troy Franklin's a stud and it's cool that they still have Chris Hudson. So the receivers, I yeah, thought, big takeaway. No, I absolutely. I'm right there with you on the receivers. I think and Dickie's not even on campus yet. Exactly. Or I guess playing, I don't know if it was there or what, but if, if this offensive line can hold up, obviously they're. If if you watched the draft this past weekend, you can see that the heart of Oregon's team last year was along the offensive line, and there's a fair amount of pieces to uh, replace there. But if they can get similar protection to last year, or even just like slightly worse than, but still allow Bo to have time, this offense is going to put up a lot of points. Especially yeah, it's cool to see he- Bucky Irving out there doing a few things too. You, you remember you're like, oh, we got him, you got Whittington, you got Jordan James, uh, Dowdle had some. If that's yeah. that's- Announce it. Dattle had some some interesting runs. He's big body. Yeah, I mean, then not that we had any questions about the offense, but there was some cool plays there. And um, it, the the funny thing, real quick, just with with that Tez Johnson kid, I was thinking about this watching. And granted, I was kind of it was like late at night. I'm sitting there with the phone in my face, like watching this, and like I watched that play where he like completely flipped the field off that short pass. And it's like if this guy has a big season, like there's such a great storyline there. And I'm gonna write the story if it's there. It's just like. This guy is everything about what Oregon used to be. Just like no jump out traits except for speed, super undersized, like probably not even really at the level of these guys in terms of how he was recruited now. But like he might have total success in this new age Oregon because of those skills. I just thought that was kind of a funny uh, dynamic there. The things that I have questions about with this team are things that you're not going to be able to see in the spring game. Uh, one offensive line, two defensive pressure, uh, front seven, just whether the Ducks can generate that sort of thing. And you're and also just not, what will the starting defense look like? Right. Put them up. 
Exactly. I will say the defense did look fast, and, and especially once we got down on the sidelines for the fourth quarter, Oregon's got some athletes, and I think that's kind of just the product of where they've been at recruiting the last four, five, six years. Just just the general average body and frame is, is different than it was in 15, 16, 17. Who, who and, really jumps out to you just being on the side? I know it's whatever, it's spring game, but just was dude, anyone – actually actually this is probably a terrible example because he's actually been here for a while but i was standing next to brian addison yeah um, yeah and he's big he dude he's huge and i remember he's put on him, some weight too but he's it, got he's always had a strong lower body it, it, exactly but i remember you know his freshman year when they were still trying to figure out if he was going to play wide receiver or play on the back end on the, the defensive side he was definitely just a stringy athletic fast kid and mm -hmm. he's definitely thickened up like he he looks like i mean he can actually yeah. really hit yeah yeah and and that's the type of thing where you want all these instant results in college football and i think everyone's quickly quick quick to label uh put like the bust label on somebody or ask why somebody should transfer or this or that and a lot of times that conversation surrounds the quarterback but with defensive players or just like the guys who come in as athletes Brian Addison's taken a long time to kind of get to the point where he's a pretty good football player as he was projected to be when he was a four-star recruit, but he's gotten there now. And, and I think he, like, I, I just think that if they, if they're able to put the right guys in the right positions on this defense, like there are dudes there. I know they did lose a fair amount of guys in the draft as well. Mm -hmm. Noah Sewell, Noah Sewell fifth round. Do you think that's where he was thinking he was going to go before the season started last year? Well, he was projected first round before the season started. Yeah, so, so probably not. So yeah, um, one, I, one one really quick thought, uh, total spring game thought here, but, but I had forgotten too that Bossa changed from thirty three to two. It's like when you get down to those like single numbers, like sometimes dudes just look faster and meaner. <laughs> Dude, it's Bossa had some hundred percent. It's just like not that thirty three was like a big kind of a you know a slow plotting number, like you know fifty something sometimes can look like, but number two, he was, it looked like he was just zipping around there, just a little extra, just a funny thing I kind of noticed. I got my men's league hockey jersey changed from I've always been 24 um, mm. for like every sport that I've played, but someone else had it on the team this year. So I got number eight and I tell you what, there's a lot of pressure that comes along with being in those single digits. Like mm -hmm. I've never been, I've never been the fast guy. I got, I got to be that guy now. And um, faster skilled. You just got to bring something to the table. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just drinking <laughs> a lot of beer for the teammates and, and help um, that the thing I talked about most during the actual spring game was Borgs. Yeah, yeah. And Tell me about your undercover uh, watchdog reporting you did on that. Well, so here's the thing. I and this is what I wrote in my column. I've never actually like sat in any of the seats at Autzen. It's always been in the press box or you. Go, that was interesting. I that kind of took me by surprise when you said that. Yeah, it's it's you're either in the press box or you go down to the field like the quick the quick jet down the uh yeah, the you've never even had the chance to just go as like a quote-unquote fan right and so this game i mean i i did contemplate going all in for the storyline i had a couple friends who were going to the game and there was part of me that just wanted to write the first person i got loaded for my first spring game as a fan and you know, we'll, we'll save that one in the, in the chamber for, for later in the year. You know, I really got, I feel like I have to earn that one. Right. Right. Um, but I told myself at least like in the second or third quarter, I was going to take a lap around the stadium and, and see what it's actually like from like the North end zone perspective. And 
I did link up with my friends, Alec. Um, I, I linked up with my friend Alec and he was with his buddy Connor and they were just over the moon about their recent discovery. They're, they're a couple of years younger than me. I'm 33. So they're probably in their late twenties. So maybe five or six years older than you. And they're like, have you ever heard of Borgs? It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, you haven't heard of like Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Borgioga or, <laughs> or, uh, Borgen, or they had a couple other ones, but it's apparently it's called the blackout, the, the blackout rage gallon, which are basically just emptied out gallons, gallon jugs of milk that have been mixed with half water, half vodka, like electrolyte mix, and then whatever color of choice. And they just had them stacked outside the garbage cans of Watson stadium. And you could have just texted me. I would have filled you all in on these. Things. Yeah, I know. I actually, I was pretty embarrassed because usually, usually I feel like I'm still pretty because of the amount of time I spend online, which isn't healthy right. for anybody. I feel like I'm pretty hip to the trends of the youth. And, yeah, yeah. and this sometimes, one, was, definitely this sometimes, one, yeah, this, this was right over my head. It was, they, they had to describe it to me of like, do you remember four locos when I was in college, which were four locos when I was in college, it were was, a different, it was a different beast than what the four yeah, locos when you, right. you're in college. Cause like they had caffeine in them back then. And then turns out they figured alcohol and caffeine isn't the best mixture to be marketing to um, a whole bunch of underage. Right. Not that that has stopped being a no, thing. Uh, right. Absolutely. Consumed in large quantities by people my age but yeah fair enough no i mean and you got the the total scope of things in the spring game it seems like <laughs> yeah i mean i felt i felt like my uh my column that i wrote leading into the spring game was shine a little bit on the negative side of things or not negative That's it, but right I, I, you kind of it was like i said it was like your permission slip to go have a good time on saturday it, exactly you know um Sometimes I just have to to write it out and the readers have to 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 weather whatever mood Tyson's in. And on Thursday when I wrote that, it was cloudy. And on Saturday, it was sunny and 80 degrees and kids were getting their electrolytes in. So I had a great time. Okay. So one thing we were texting about this this morning, one thing I wanted to do, I'm really trying to get there with NHL right now. Like I, it just seems like there's a lot of positive momentum behind the sport, especially with the Kraken, uh, I guess unfathomably advancing to the next round. Fathom. That. Have friends who love hockey. That, that works nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, you know, you love hockey. I'm always looking for more sports to to consume, you know, in an intelligent and thoughtful way, of course. So I thought a cool way to maybe we could, you know, talk about the NBA playoffs and then you could explain the NHL playoffs through the lens of the NBA, if that makes sense to people listening. I know you you understand it kind of because you had started to draw one analogy line earlier today maybe we could start there well yeah you had texted me uh, so the kraken beat the colorado avalanche in game seven to advance to the second round and you were just basically what's this mean like how can i get in on this and you know i know you're hip to the league which is the national basketball association it doesn't actually have league in it and so i tried to like you know it's a little comparable to like the heat sweeping the Bucks in seven. I mean, it's 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 sweeping the number one seed. It's defeating. Wait, wait, sweet, wait, sweeping. Oh, sorry, seven? Not, not, sorry, sorry. So not sweeping. Uh, <laughs> uh, beating, beating in seven. Uh, but it it's not quite. It's got a little bit more nuance to that because while Miami is a very veteran team and it's a bunch of dogs, it's a bunch of Seattle's obviously not that. They're a second year team. They're underdogs. They they didn't make the playoffs last year. But like Colorado, 
Colorado was, thought they were fine in the West. I'm mixing out analogies really. I was saying we're going all over. I was, I was going to say it sounds like Kings Warriors if Kings were the underseed and had won Game Seven, but we're just we're, we're all over the place. Ah, see, actually, see, that's that's better. You're you're learning. Um, okay, there we go. Real, 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 did you so did you watch those those two last games of the uh, the Bucks Heat series? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, let's skip the hockey thing. Let's go right. <laughs> I want to get back to the hockey thing. Don't get me wrong, because I want to know who who to be watching the rest of the way. We'll get back oh, to that. Man. But like, well, uh, yeah, Jim, Jimmy Buckets is. I think he's my favorite player in the league, man. Like he's a dog. Like, he's a dog. He's totally the Heat aren't worth watching a single minute during the regular season. Because like none of those none of those guys are you know Jimmy Buckets could score like thirteen with like ten rebounds on a February game and they'll win because they have a decent team effort like a ninety five to eighty six win <laughs> right Wednesday. right and they were they were trailing by ten entering the fourth quarter Bam has eight blocks um, yeah I I think they're gonna win the East I think they're tougher than the Heat or sorry I think they're tougher than Boston you think they're gonna win the East I think they're gonna win the East. I, I, I just, don't hate that take. Even with Jimmy Butler rolling his ankle. If there's anyone that can bounce back from yeah, an angle, yeah. it's, it's going to be Jimmy Buckets. I just, uh, he's the best. He's the closest Jordan comp in terms of just that dog in him in that conference. And I think, I think that's fine in the East. Out in the West, <laughs> out, in the, out, in the, out in the West, I have no clue what to think. Like, both both of those series are loaded. Right. I feel like so much has been made of all the other teams except for the Suns. And even though I watched the first round and then think the Suns were particularly impressive, like You think you think there's been a lot made of the teams that aren't the Suns? Because I feel like the yeah. Suns had a ton of attention in lead up in the first round of the playoffs. Man, maybe I just watched too much of like the Lakers and Warriors series, but like Maybe. Yeah. It's it's nuts that out of the four teams that are left, you still have LeBron, K D Chris Paul, Steph Kurt. Yeah, we, Chris Paul is not mentioned in that list anymore. Stop that. <laughs> oh, okay. So ho- hockey, hockey comp. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are basically Chris Paul. They're this team that's always really good in the regular season. They finally won their first playoff series in. It's in like the double digit years. They've always been like come in as a very highly touted team in the playoffs, and then they get bounced. Maybe they're playoff. Maybe they're Paul George. This is a really bad. This when we were texting about this this morning, I thought I was. I actually knew more about hockey, but that's the thing about hockey, man. You don't actually really have to know shit. You just have to start watching during the playoffs, pick a team, and it's adrenaline for like two hours. Like, well, I want okay. So I want to hear like the it's about some of the contenders in a second, but I, real quick, you. I'm sure you've seen this on Twitter or something. You know the. The meme that makes its way around every once in a while, and it's like, it's, I'm not the stepdad, I'm the dad who stepped up. You've seen this, right? No. No, you haven't seen this? Okay, well, it's a whole thing. It's like a, it's on the back of this hoodie. There's a whole meme about it. Go find it. Anyways, I saw one uh, about Chris Paul that my friend sent me the other night. It was perfect because he's been just a, a borderline liability in the playoffs, and it was like, I'm not the floor general. I'm just generally on the floor. And I thought that was a perfect way to encapsulate his kind of uh, state of play right now. I'm not the stepdad. I'm just the dad that stepped up. Okay. So there you go. Anyways, NHL, because we're so good about sticking to uh, what we had planned to talk about. Who, who's that? Okay, so can the Krakens win another series? Absolutely. Them beating one, 
the NHL playoffs are very unlike the NBA playoffs in the best team probably rarely there's a less chance that the best team wins the actual championship. Hockey's a freaking crapshoot, man. You had uh, Boston, who just set the record for best regular season team of all time. They just got dropped in seven games by Florida. So another one going down to the. So we both have we have both one seeds out. So it's kind of it's kind of anybody's game right now. the The thing about the Kraken is I and I might have said this on a podcast before. I thought I was going to get a lot more into them when they first came. Like I, I grew up in Alaska being a fan of Seattle everything and just hoping that someday they got a team. And up up until I was maybe probably like 25, 26, or 27, that I probably would have known like every player on the roster and their backup. And then you kind of get busy. You know, you'll get there, Shane. Actually, you're busy. Oh, I'm almost I'm, you're, I'm almost. You're, you're busier that. now than, I, than I've ever been. Um so when when the team came around and it's very expensive to get tickets there, it's it's kind of hard to get on board, especially when you don't know a ton of the players' names already. Well, like so if, you if, you don't live there. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you tr- you try to be kind of like the regionalized, like this is the closest one we have. So when they got good this year, because they were bad last season, when they got good this year, I have no freaking idea how they got good I, I don't know what they did during the offseason I don't know who developed I don't know who did what but I started it seems watch, like a, it watch. was a it was kind of a confluence of a few different things it seems like they had some smart signings a few guys stepped up kind of inexplicably and just had good years um but, but so I was going to ask you if, if it seems like they could kind of keep this going and it seems like you would not be the person to answer that question no no I'm just laughing because uh you know, you're good at the bullshit and, you know, like they signed a couple guys, they had some development. They did well, this. I've read some stories. No, now. no, 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 I know. And, and actually, uh, Greg Bishop wrote a really great piece in Sports Illustrated um, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Last week. How, we, just, we were talking about yeah, it on the last week's podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was just about how Seattle became a Kraken um, town. Anyway, so for this year, I started really kind of paying attention maybe with a month ago just because, hey, they're going to make the playoffs. I can't not watch Seattle in the playoffs. And it was fun as hell. Like I, 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 you know, starting to learn some of the guys' names and kind of actually watching three or four games in a row and getting a feel for the team and just like the way they play. Like Seattle plays really hard. They're very aggressive in the first period. They they want to be the first. They scored the first goal in every game in that series, which is insane. Right. I saw I had I read something about that. Yeah. They <laughs> They also made just live for fans hell because every time they scored the first goal, then they they blew a lead and then had to, to had to figure it out later. But it's yeah, they they're a very heady, gritty team, and you know them not getting swept by the Avs in the first. Like I I I think I had like one crack and tweet during the playoffs, and it was just when Seattle went into Denver and won the first game of their very first playoff series on the road. I was like, this is this is like a Pantheon Seattle sports moment. Because Seattle just hasn't had a whole lot of like Mount Rushmore of sports moments, and then they go on and win the series against the defending Stanley Cup champions. That's that's a pretty good start. So maybe maybe I'll have you over, or we'll go we'll go to a bar and watch one. Maybe we just got to start with Game One. You just got to kind of get like a little invested early, right? Well, when is and Game One for that series? Let's take a look. We're really prepared as usual on the pod. Game One is tomorrow at six thirty p.m. 
Maybe game two is good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a better jumping off point. Yes, you just feel out the first game and then go from there. I'll try to. I'll try to tune in. It's okay. Who who do you expect to to meet in the finals in the NHL? Uh, Shane, that's a good question. Don't don't go looking up something now. Give me an authentic answer. Well, I feel like I feel like the Kraken are going to do it, man. Really? No, I don't actually think that. Uh, the Oilers are really freaking good. Yeah. The 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 Oilers. Here's an NBA. Here's an NBA comp comparison. The Oilers are the KD Westbrook. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Con- Connor McDavid is the best scoring forward, or is the best scorer the game's seen probably since Gretzky. Like he's putting up insane stat levels. Uh, he's got a couple line mates that are doing the same. They win a shit ton of games in the regular season. Always get to like the second round or so, and then they kind of flounder. So uh, a lot of pressure on. Because if McDavid gets a cup or two, then he's going to start getting into the goat territory. So that's that's a goat watch series, and mm. I I like goats. I, well, I, you'll be I, you'll be watching Warriors Lakers very closely then. Dude, I'm so excited about that series. Like I, old Tyson hates new Tyson because the old Tyson would have been like you're ending talk about playoff hockey to start talking about NBA playoffs. But LeBron Steph's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, there's been no direction in, in this segment anyway, so it doesn't really matter if we go back and forth at this point. I'm excited for that one too. I'm I'm I was glad to see my last thoughts would be I was just glad to see the Nuggets play that well in game one because I thought that they were the team that no one was talking about after having really because they had a weird end to the regular season and I think people were just assuming the Suns had more scoring talent. They looked great. Um so right now it seems I mean, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. It seems like Warriors, Nuggets, and I don't know. I guess, I guess Heat, Celtics. I guess those are the collisions we're looking for right now. But who knows, man? Does this is this going to be a series that no matter who wins it for Lakers, Warriors, there's going to be like if if the Warriors win, are people going to try to make the Steph is better than LeBron argument? Not better. But well, because it's it's a weird timing for the series because you could make the argument that Steph is still in his prime or late prime. Yeah, whereas LeBron is LeBron's incredible and he's in a different you know he's he's molded himself into something different. But he's obviously not the player he was when Cleveland beat Golden State in fifteen. I I think it'll just revolve more about around LeBron, obviously, because it's like if he loses to this team. and it's like, oh, he lost to Steph again. Even if it's not warranted, he'll get crap for that. If he beats them, it'll be cool. But then it'll be like, okay, now go win another ring, right? You know, let's let's start to catch up to to MJ or whatever. At the same time, like Steph, like I don't think he'll enter goat debates unless it's a first take uh, segment early in the morning or uh, first things first or whatever that show is now. But his like resume is getting to the point where it's. I mean, it's just, it's pretty undeniable and it's pretty, um, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's, I'm surprised he's just, I'm, 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 I mean, the 50 points in game seven was, was yeah. amazing, but I'm surprised he's still doing it at this level I, a little bit, not totally, but a little bit. That's I, I watched a lot of that series and Sacramento was a really tough team and they played really, I mean, 
Golden State looked old in that series. Every player on Golden State except for Steph looked old in that series. And Steph yeah. is having, you know, Steph is being met basically as soon as he comes across, you know, the line with with defenders and is just getting changed. They always make a big a big deal about how hard it is to get guard Steph Curry, but Steph's got to do all that running still, and he's getting into his mid thirties. Nobody else on this team was doing anything. It was just impressive in that game seven to kind of recognize that. Well, because the, the Kings look tired in game seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kings look tired, and, and it was a weird series because for as great as like Fox was and the atmospheres, you know, in the Kings arena were like the the things that had gotten them there, like Sabonis being really good and Herder and the other players, you know, not missing from three. Like those things didn't happen. Like Herder. And Sabonis were not good in the series. The Kings didn't shoot well from three. And so the fact that they still made to game seven, I think a win, win in my book. Um, but it, it is still kind of a disappointing ending in a weird way because I think when they go up 2-0, the sky seems like the limit at that point. I think basically that that series is going to come down to which game does Anthony Davis get hurt in and, <laughs> yeah. and, and get yeah. a bad effort. Um, because I, I, I do, I do think if, if Davis is healthy and he's, pl- and he's playing up to his level, he's such a frustrating player. You know, he can go off for 31 one night and then have like eight points the next, but I, I, he's just, he's just a different body than anybody else in that series, especially going up against the Warriors. Although like Kevin Looney's like all of a sudden, like, you know, an all league type, Dennis <laughs> type Rodman. of player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So should, should be interesting. Should be interesting. You uh you texted me. You uh you enjoyed the succession last night, it seemed like. I thought it was really good. I just thought I thought the acting and the writing in the Shiv Tom scenes was superb. Mm. Which 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 ones really jump out to you? The bitey scene? Uh, I thought that was weird, but like you know, <laughs> I kind of did too. I yeah. like not that it wasn't, but well, I, th- I, I thought that was good for their characters. Um, yeah. No, that the the scene where he's just basically like, "I love you, but you wouldn't give up everything and come move with me to the trailer park." And she's like, "I would follow you. I would follow you anywhere." Tom Wom's scams. Uh, I just to see those two characters kind of like finally be able to like to talk to each other and tell them like what they're kind of like game plan like basically speak the stuff out loud of of the the dynamics of trying to succeed in that family while also trying to keep a marriage apart i just they I both needed them uh, each other these past few episodes exactly like they, they it's weird because they obviously there's there's reasons that they're not together or haven't been together but like that you could argue that the past few episodes like they've never needed each other more and like a just like a sense of someone to talk strategy with is there ever going to be a bigger come down than whatever is going to happen to Kendall next? Because like they had him just flying there towards the end. Like he finally, he finally did a good presentation. He jumps into the ocean. He's floating instead of sinking for once. I mean, you know, you know, you know, the the hammer's coming, right? Right. It has to. Well, it even like, it even makes me think, I mean, because of that scene that they had in the pool a few seasons ago where like he it looked like he could have just been like dying and was gonna maybe drown. It was like, like a cliffhanger at the end of the episode, right? It's like did Kendall die? Right. He so he goes into that water. I thought it was a great last scene. Oh, I think it was the last scene, maybe second to last scene, but it was a fantastic way to end the episode. But the whole time I'm thinking, like, is something bad? Like, is he gonna like catch a wave the wrong way and like start drowning here? Like it just didn't uh, they can't kill off another character, right? But no, it was it was an interesting episode. It was cool because they did some new things like Roman was in LA and then he goes on his 
firing spree and Kendall's like, <laughs> like, hell yeah, dude. Like let's fire everybody. Yeah. I, I had thought the product that, range, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um, they're slowly trying to make Greg say a couple things that make him sound like he's smarter. Like he had to come back this week. Yeah. Yeah. But like also just from like a, a business sense perspective, I forget what he was saying. Yeah. It was, it was with, it was with the boys and, I, sh- I should have looked this up before, but like, I, j- I just wonder like where, where his final destination is in this series as like the, just the guy who is on the, per- the dorky cousin on the periphery all the time. I wonder, wonder what ends up happening to the old Greggy. Yeah, he was, he got back in the good graces of a few characters this week. It seemed like he was just, he didn't completely embarrass himself like he had in past weeks. Um, another good episode for some of the side characters. Some some good lines there, although that's kind of you just come come to expect that. Um, but yeah, we, I, think, I, I think that the the guy uh, Skarsgård's character is freak like he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, he's come on really strong. Yeah, s- some of his interactions was just like Shiv on the plane. Mm-hmm. They're talking about their PJs. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he, he, he. They have good kind of chemistry together as characters and actors, and it seems like just based on watching the preview for next year, uh, next week's episode, it looks like him and his team come to uh the u.s and then they kind of basically do the reverse of what happened in the other episode where it's kind of a homecoming on the other side right. of that so that'll be interesting it will be funny to see how they the the children react to having home field advantage right you know out in switzerland or sweden wherever they were it was let's take them to the top of the mountaintop for our negotiations have them like staying in these tree houses well the series never starts until the home team loses right yeah, exactly. Barry was freaking great this week too. Um, man, I watched it first this time. Usually, I go Succession then Barry. This week oh, okay, interesting. This week yeah. I went Barry then Succession, and a little bit of that was just because Barry runs a little bit quicker. But that, I mean, whatever they're setting up for in in their finale, uh, this entire season has just been raising the stakes and like. Succession kind of feels like it's dealing with the fallout of stuff that have happened in seasons before, whereas Barry really feels like it's still ramping up to to whatever the hell happens post Barry breaking out of prison. I uh, I loved the decision to, and I was wondering if they were going to show him at all, and obviously then he resurfaced in the last season, but I love the decision to have this whole episode be without Barry in it. Dude, it was so cool. Yeah. And I didn't really realize until halfway through, because that's what they've also set the show up in a way that you don't like when he's not on the screen you're not like freaking out like when he's going to come back on the screen but then i realized oh wow it's been the whole episode and then i was like when uh when she walks into our apartment at the end of the episode you're like oh he's gonna be in here isn't he and he and lo and behold um yeah yeah i thought it was good did you think it was believable for her character to say let's go or whatever it was that final line i was, I was thinking, thinking about, about that because that. I, I watched barry just this afternoon right before we hopped on because i just got distracted last night um i i actually did because of what she's been going through um it was, in, it was taking a it's taken a long time for them to be able to get to that point with these characters i think and i think that's we've talked about how the show's been like dark at times and increasingly so i do think that's like the payoff is now they can have a situation like that and it kind of seems plausible it's interesting how quickly they were able to do a 180 though because you left last week's episode thinking that she has this teaching job and, and a student who has like a career and this could be fulfilling for her. Then all of a sudden Barry's breaking out of prison and it, 
will she want to go back to and get rid of the progress that she's made with this job? But then this week you've, you know, they offer her plenty of money to be an acting coach, but she's still not going to be able to, to get the real job she wants the, her, right. her, her reading the lines, to the director while stepping in front of her, her student was the funniest thing. I know for a second there, I thought like, Oh, is she going to like, is this going to be a, a good break for her? And then it's like, and, and then the, the, the director's like, I, we can just get that right. on that the other person. So, <laughs> like that would be great. And so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of just part of what's continually like breaking that character. And Barry's always been somebody that holds her up on such a pedestal for like what she thinks she is too. Um, that like, yeah, granted, the one thing that is kind of hard to tell with this show too, is like, sometimes like Barry has like psychotic breaks and you don't know if like you're watching like a, like that, the very end scene is like, is this a, a, a flash forward? Is this like something that's he's imagining in his head? Like where, where are we exactly? So I, yeah, it seemed like they, because they keep putting that, like, because it was out in the desert, like you obviously kind of know that it's like something he's dreaming about or hallucinating or just whatever kind of lost memory. But yeah, that, that's been a theme now where it's kind of hard to tell. And, there was some, I mean, what, uh, Cristobal got, I guess, uh, oh, executed. Man. That was a, that was an interesting kind of turn of events, that whole, uh, it was a big, big no-ho Hank episode. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I like the, the character progression of Hank basically deciding that. I mean, it's realistic if he wants to be the kingpin of whatever. Like, there's, there's going to be a lot of friendly fire that happens in the progression, but... I mean, it seemed like all of last season was him kind of developing like the layers of a character who cares about people or relationships or it seemed like last year's whole storyline was basically like him trying to save Cristobal at the end. So, okay. The one thing I I thought was, I feel like like this happened quickly is what what I'm saying. No, I agree. And the one thing that I felt like wasn't believable on the flip side of what we were just talking about was like, he's like, okay, come out with me. Like I got another surprise. Right. And then he just like, all right, I'm going to send this right now and kill all these people with the suffocating them in sand. And then he didn't even like think to check. And then it's like, it feels like a full minute passes. And then he's like, oh, where's Chris? Oh, Cristobal, Cristobal. It's like that, that to me was a little weird, but it's like, whatever at that point. I did love the return to Dave and Buster's. Uh, oh, that was great. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of Chargers fans. And then there's like an Oilers fan, which doesn't really make sense. Oh. <laughs> uh... I don't know what I'm going to do when these shows are over. Well, okay. So here, here's my moment to plug this movie. So I was telling you I was rewatching Heat last night for the third time. And you were like, Heat? Like, I've, I've never seen that. Which is is a little bit mind-boggling to me. It's a heist movie, which I would assume you're kind I of do love a good heist. I do love a good heist movie. Right. You know? It's Pacino and De Niro. It's Michael Mann produced it. He's done a lot of great things. And it's maybe the crowning jewel of of the Ringer's rewatchable series. I think they've done three of them on it. So I was I was about to say maybe that's why I've like subconsciously avoided it, just because I've heard the Ringer make three episodes three hour long episodes. Well, you're li- you're acting like you're not gonna have, you know, things to do in these shows end. So if you if you watch no, oh, no. Movie, yeah, no, the movie's I'm, I'm, two hours and fifty minutes, and then if you add the three podcasts on at the end, of that you can you can get you know ten hours of content right there. Budget sixty million. Can you imagine a movie being pitched in twenty twenty three that has Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Natalie Portman, and then being like, we're going to keep it under like a cool sixty million dollar budget, <laughs> right? No, they it's just a don't make, they don't make movies like that anymore, Shane. You uh, I'm, I'm saying about a movie I've never seen. 
You need to watch it. I'm, I'm shocked you haven't. It's phenomenal. I watched it for the first time last summer, so it's not like I've, you know, watched it a ton. But I've, I don't really tend to rewatch movies. Very few, and I've rewatched it now three times, and it's a phenomenal movie. You'll love it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it's well worth you know the three four dollars to rent it somewhere. So, best thing I ate this week um, actually just came about an hour and a half ago. Went up to El Coyote. It's a food truck on Fessenden. There's mm. a lot of Mexican food trucks and hole in the wall places in St. John's. A lot of them are more look more upscale than El Coyote, but El Coyote has the best pastor in the neighborhood. Um, I got a big old burrito. It's still seven dollars. Like there's there's some other food carts around here where like the the burrito has gone up to like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, which I still think like for bank the price of buck, the burrito is rising. Right the the price of the burrito is rising, which I mean to be honest should have happened a long time ago because like let's. Let's not fool anybody for six bucks, a big burrito. Like you're getting two meals worth of content value. Right. Yeah. So this place still charges like seven bucks for just a monster burrito. It's really good food. It's this family's owned the place for probably the last 10 years or so. If you're ever in St. John's, don't be afraid of the yellow food truck on Fessenden, El Coyotes. That's what I recommend today. This week I didn't do anything too crazy. Um, but we stopped by uh, Ten Barrel just to hang out and have some drinks for the NFL draft, and their pizza was solid. hadn't had yeah. pizza in a while. We got some apps as well. Place was great. It's a great place to just hang out and drink, obviously. But food that was, one, that, was that's down in the north in Northwest, right? Uh yep, yep. So that's over there. So that was really tasty. Um, Dude, there's some there's something to be said about a brew pub that just makes a really good pizza. Like it doesn't yeah. even have to, yeah. it doesn't have to be that extravagant, but whether no, it's, 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 it's simple. Um, food was good. And then I guess one of the, and you've had this, but two weeks ago, I, I finally went to Tokyo Sando. Oh, fantastic. Great and food. Truck out also in that that's area. That's actually, that's a good reminder because they're seasonal. And so they, they, they're back open for the season. Yeah, no, that was really good. I got the, Misu pork katsu sandwich, uh, phenomenal sandwich. Maybe one of, if not the best, I've had in Portland. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, they've had movies, or not movies, but they've been featured in documentaries and stuff. Great spot. Would highly recommend it. I'm really looking forward to Double Mountain Brewery is opening up a new tap room on uh, North Killingsworth, on the west side of North Killingsworth, which is relatively close to me. They're going into the old Lucky Lab building. And speaking of like good pub pizza, they some of their 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 pizzas are as good as any like the actual like pizza joints in town. So I would okay. What is, what is your favorite pizza place in town? The pizza week was was recently, and I didn't end up getting do, any. But I do lately. On my mind, you know. Lately, Demos Pizza has been freaking awesome. Uh, my wife and I have gotten that. That that's been like our. If we haven't eaten out in a couple of weeks, and like want to splurge. That's that's our go-to. I do like some of the the, the Detroit pie places. Pop pizza is mm-hmm. good. Ranch pizza is good. Same that's style pizza. Gander, I I like the yeah I like the sauce. Same style pizza, but I actually think I like pops better. It's just a little lighter and airier mm. because De- Detroit style pizza can really fill you up. Yeah. Um, Still on those lines on the Vancouver waterfront, there's a there's it's called the Ruse. I believe it's the Ruse Crust Collective. It's Ruse mm. Brewery and opened up a Detroit Pie Pizza on the Vancouver waterfront. Also very good. Mm. So for the next, I guess 
the two spots that are top of my list in terms of what I want to hit in the next one or two weeks. Uh, Eam, haven't hit yet. We talked about it. You were surprised I hadn't gone there yet. I, I could have sworn that was part of your your last summer places that I God. It, it would have fit the billing, wouldn't have. That's but, uh, a that's my fault. I I didn't raise you right to live in this city because Eam is you got to get the uh, the fried rice and the sweet and sour fried chicken. It's the best combo. I'll do that. I'll do the, exactly that. And then the other one is uh, Nongs. Nangs? Nongs? Which Nongs. 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 I've heard great things about it. Kind of they keep it classic, I've heard. I think you'll you'll like Eam better, but I think you'll appreciate Nongs more. Because well, because it's all Nongs, supposed to be just like super simple, but it tastes Nongs really good, Nongs is just right? the most simplistic meal in the city, and it's as good as the first time every time. So Fantastic. I'll keep you just like the Just those. like the I-5 corridors traffic report. Um, super yeah. simple, not at all over. Su- all super over simple. Place. Yeah, this one was all over the place. People, we will. Be, I, I promise. I, I say I promise to be better prepared next week. But but without football, will we be? See you next week. <laughs>